Okay, well, let's get into the Word this morning. We are going to be in Philippians, Philippians 2. Before Christmas, we were going through this, um, and we deciphered, we were in Philippians 2, starting in verse 12 here. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And this is one of those interesting verses because it talks about working out our salvation. We're like, well, I mean, if I became a Christian, I accepted Christ, therefore I have salvation, right? And then this says, well, work out your salvation. So which one is it? Am I working out my salvation? Do I need to, uh, to work to attain my salvation? That's absolutely not what we're talking about. Um, this is talking about putting our salvation into action, okay? We already have the answer, right? The answer is we're going to heaven. But between now and then, we're working through that salvation. We're, we're working to become more like Christ, and we're working through things. We kind of used three different examples. First was mathematics. Like, you got to work through the problem. You know, my, my, my sons, like to, they're like, I just want to put down the answer. They know the answer. They just want to put down the answer. And the teacher's like, no, you need to show your work. And they're like, but we know the answer. See, for us, the answer is salvation. But God's going, work it through. I want, to sh- I want you to work through your salvation. I want you to show your works because it leads to me. It leads to the answer. It allows other people to see it. Second, second example was gardening, you know, to, to work that ground. You got to pull the weeds. You got to get, you know what the end result's going to be is the tomatoes, right? If you're, you're putting on, but you got to work through it. You got to, you, as a tomato plant grows, you got to tie it off to the, to the trellis system and all those different things. And the last one is a physical workout on working, you know, working out to gain muscle and so forth. You just, you know, the end goal, but you got to work through it. You got to do it to get there. For us, salvation has a meaning. It's a time when we recognize that, that there is a God, a God that loves us, a God who wants to be with us. So we respond to that call, and we say we're a Christian. Now, we don't become a Christian through osmosis. You can't work out your salvation by leaving your Bible and, and never reading it. You don't become more like God by not getting into the word and not getting, uh, you know, not doing those things as Christians that God has called us to do. We're not Christians because we grew up in a Christian family. We can't go, well, my, my family is Christian, so therefore I am Christian. No, it's a decision you have to make. It's something that you have to decide. It's not just because of family lineage. Or it's not because as a baby you were born in whatever church you were going to. Maybe they, they blessed you or they sprinkled you. you know, here we, uh, you know, we believe in, in baptism, so we baptize people. Uh, we pull out the tank and, and we actually baptize them and so forth. It doesn't mean that that uh, saves you, but it's a representation of what happens. Um, but as you know, little babies, we take babies and we'll, we'll pray over them. That doesn't mean they're a Christian at that point. You know, they have to wait until they become of age and, and make a decision. There are not, you know, the, these, are, these are not reasons why we became a Christian. We become a Christian when we say, yes, Lord, you are my king. There's a creator out there that has created everything, and I recognize that. I give you my life. I understood that you die for my sins, 
And that's the beginning of our salvation. And there's so much more when it comes to living it out. And those were, those were the verses that we're talking about, working out our salvation. Working out the things that the Lord has taught us along the way. From being little children in salvation to becoming adults in our Christian walk. So last time, that's what we were talking about when it came to working out our salvation, what salvation means. It's exercising our walk with the Lord. As we mature, we start to understand a few things. And we start to understand that our walk with the Lord is not always just a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. Paul says in verse 13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Well, wait a second. You mean it's God that does the work? And if God does the work, then what do I do? Our whole purpose in our salvation is to cooperate with the Lord. You ever, ever have a child that doesn't cooperate? Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's going, I have one right now, you know? And you're just like, Jess, come on. I'm just trying to get you dressed. Uh, dressed. Stop moving cooperate here. Now, we don't use those words, cooperate, but that's what the Lord is doing with us. You know, when we're, when we're uh, new to Christianity, we're all excited about it, and, and the Lord sometimes has to go, calm down, Alan. Work with me here. Cooperate with me here. And that is, you know, that is what we're talking about. The problem is we get sidetracked. That's why I stick to my notes during the sermon, because I, get, I go down rabbit trails, you know, and so that's why I have so many notes, because I can get sidetracked really easy. I have to focus on something to get something done. Our Christian walk is so easy to do this, right? It is so easy. Now, what's interesting is most of the times God's work is invisible. So, therefore, it's easy to fake our Christian walk with the Lord. It's easy to put on a show, but over time, you can start to see a pattern in people, okay? And I'm going to be talking about judging a little bit. And we have to be careful when we, when we start looking at other people and going, oh, I'm not quite sure if they're, you know, we have to be careful in judging because the Lord says how we judge is how we're going to be judged, right? Now, we don't judge whether a person is going to heaven or hell. That is up to God. We don't decide whether a person is a Christian or not. But we can also look at somebody and go, they're not walking their Christian walk by looking at their actions. But again, when we do that, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror, knowing that we're sinful, so we have to give mercy, we have to give grace, we have to give patience, all those things. But we, we, we look at certain people and ourselves, and we go, what kind, of, what kind of decisions are we making? Is there any personal fruit in our lives? Are we growing? Because you can kind of see these things. Are you happier today or you have more joy in your life than you did last week or last year? Are we serving the Lord? You know, is our attitude better as we, if we mature in Christ? Do I reflect God today or do I reflect myself? See, these are tough questions, and we put these questions to ourselves before we start putting them to other people. But it is God's will to do the work for his purpose so sometimes we go, man, I'm going through a tough time right now. And God's going, yeah, I have you going through that tough time for a reason because I have this other purpose that you know nothing about 
and I want you to work out your salvation as you're going through that tough time because it's going to affect so-and-so when you don't even know about it. Because people watch us, don't they? Oh, don't you hate it? People just, they, they look at us and they watch us. And the first slip up you have, they're like, they're like <laughs> and they call themselves a Christian. You know, we have to be careful. So that's the working out part of it. But sometimes it's not even you. God is doing it to affect someone else. So our job is to be willing to work out our salvation. Then Paul says, while you're working out your salvation, and I love this because it Work out your salvation. It's all like, okay, okay, I'm going to gear up. And then Paul says in verse 14 here, if you'll, there we go. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Oh, wait a second. You mean I can't argue or grumble? Now, do you argue and grumble? I don't know about you. I, I, I'm a master classman of arguing and grumbling, Right? so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, that you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. That is one sentence, and what a sentence that is. We had to pick that apart a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, especially the complaining and arguing. I mean, if you want to memorize verses, if you're a person that memorizes verses, this is a great one to memorize. Do everything. Now, that's a little tough. I mean, there are easier passages in the Bible. This would be so much easier to follow if it wasn't so clear. Do you know what I'm saying? This is so clear. This is like the father going, okay, hey, hey, hey. This is what I want you to do. No, 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 no. Don't look the other way. Look at me. This morning, uh, uh, Grayson is, uh, uh, like I said, his, his father is in town. Uh, he's adopted for you guys that uh, are visiting. Um, it's a wonderful, we did an open adoption, all that kind of stuff. I won't go into it, but... Um, they, they go, hey, can we take them to church tomorrow? Because they go to the church that we go to the Philippines with. Uh, his uh, grandparents do and all that. And we're like, yeah. So I went over to Grace, and he's hanging out with JoJo over there before church. And I went, hey, hey, um, remember, today you're going to be going with grandparents, so you're going to go back to Mama, okay? And he's like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, no, no. Hey, I turned his chin. I go, look at me. I want you to understand this. This is what God is doing for us. I want you to understand this. Why couldn't it be do everything without complaining or arguing as long as no one else is complaining or arguing? That would be a lot easier, wouldn't it be? I mean, as long as they're not complaining about it, then I can shut my mouth. <laughs> Somebody steps over the line, then go for it. You know, they started it. Why couldn't it be do everything without complaining or arguing as long as I agree with it? That would be great too, right? If I agree with everything that's going on, then, then I won't. But, but if I disagree, I'm going to complain and argue about it. 
Why can't it be don't complain or argue as much as other people? That would be a little easier. But it says do everything without complaining or arguing. I fail at this on a daily basis. This is a hard one. So I ask you the question. Why does it seem that God's instructions sometimes are so hard to follow? I mean, if I could do this just a half a day, what a beautiful thing that would be. Think about the last time you complained today. Now, it's early in the day. Maybe, maybe you got to go back to, to yesterday. I'm not sure. How long did you make it before you started complaining? You know, some people, they may not like the donuts. Some people may like the donuts. Did anybody complain about that? I'm not going to ask for hands, you know. Or maybe, oh, I like the donuts. I just don't like it 10 minutes long. I went to my wife and I go, we, we, need, to, we need to, like, do that at eight minutes. I need to make a new slide for that. Remind me of that later. You know, we complain about everything. Could we make it a whole day without arguing or complaining? So I had to look up what complain means. And if you're taking notes, this is what it means. In this context, it means murmuring. It's not even, this isn't even out loud. Oh, don't go to so-and-so and complain. No, no, this is under your breath, in your mind. Now, do we have any good murmurers here? I mean, I'm a good murmurer, you know. What did you just say? Oh, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Grumbling means murdering, uh, murdering, not murdering. It means muttering. <laughs> Maybe we murder in our mind, I don't know. Griping in a low tone. Private fault-finding sessions. Whining. So then I had to look up arguing. Arguing is not just getting loud and screaming or anything like that. Arguing is questioning, doubting, finding fault continually, second-guessing, disputing, and bickering. So do everything without murmuring or griping or grumbling or, or, you know, or, or griping in a low tone or muttering or, or private fault-finding, whining, questioning, doubting, finding fault, continually second-guessing, disputing, or bickering. Ouch. Now, i got to tell you, preachers love this kind of passage, right? You know what I mean? Somebody's complaining in the church, and we just, oh, let's go for it. Let's just wallop them upside. You guys need to stop complaining. I'm the pastor. That's not the way to do it. Especially, I mean, we all have an opinion on different things, right? And, and sometimes you would think, oh, this is the perfect time. I can just nail them to the wall. You know, I got this mug for Christmas, and I love it. It says, be careful or you'll end up in my sermon. <laughs> Amen, right? You know, and what's so funny is people read this and they go, oh, that is so true. I want to say as a pastor, I try to go out of my way not to do that. If you ever feel like I'm going after you in a sermon, talk to the Lord first before you come to me. Maybe the Lord's trying to talk to you. I don't know. I, I try not to preach. Oh, uh, let me. Oh, that situation. Oh, that would be perfect. No, that would be gossiping. Okay. So we try not to do that, but, you know, but it is funny. So I think I'm just going to leave it up here all the time and use it as my drink cup, you know. 
But this is such a hard thing for us because sometimes it becomes a pattern to complain in our lives. Now, do you know a grumpy person? Don't elbow your spouse if you're married in here. You know, not a good thing. Marriage counseling signups are in the back after the, no. I mean, do you know anybody grumpy? I know some grumpy people, and I try to avoid them. That's tough being a pastor, right? Because you're never supposed to avoid anybody. We don't like to be around grumpy people. If you're in a grocery store and you see them, you try to go the other direction. Maybe if I go down that aisle, they won't notice me, right? Now, some of us might complain and argue because we're disappointed in what's happening in our life right now. Maybe it's marriage problems. Maybe, maybe it's you feel like you're not in the right job or you don't have the right amount of money, who can relate? Okay, no, 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 anyway. Um, maybe for the younger folks, I just can't stand school. Why, why do I have to go to school? This is so dumb, right? Maybe my future doesn't look great. Or I just don't know what God is doing with me right now. Maybe he's put somebody in your life that really irritates you, or maybe he's taken someone out of your life. Sometimes we are grumpy when we hate what's going on in our lives. So the only way to deal with this is to go ask the Lord to restore the joy of your salvation. Because he's the only one that can cure that. To separate the idea uh, that, okay, I don't like what's going on in my life, but I can still have joy because I know God is in control that he has saved us, and the salvation is in the Lord, and separate out those two things. And sometimes it's just going to the Lord. You know, this is when there are those times when you go, I used to be happy, and the people around you go, yeah, I know, you used to be. And only the Lord can help you because you become negative. But we like to bicker and complain and argue, especially if we disagree with those in charge. And I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not talking about here. I'm just talking about in general, whatever job or whatever you're involved with. You know, when you're not in charge, when you feel powerless, we start to complain, right? Have you ever been there? when you just can't get it through the other person's head. <laughs> and you just start complaining because you feel like that's the only way I can get through this. And you feel like you're backed into a corner and you, you feel that, man, if I, you know, it's almost like a kid, nah, 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 nah. you know, you just gotta go after him, right? One thing I've learned is when you're not in charge and you feel like I'm smarter than they are, and they should be listening to me. Well, what can I do? So what do I do? I go out and I find other people who agree with me. And I start talking to them about it. Have you ever done this where you complain to someone else? You go to someone else and they agree with you. And you start thinking, man, we need to get a group together that agrees with each other, right? Because misery loves company. Anybody agree with that? No? Yes? Yeah. 
We go toward that when we want to complain. And it starts out innocent, of course, right? And it kind of makes you feel better that other people will agree with you, but does it accomplish anything? And it gets a hold of us. And we need to deal with that. And how we deal with it is this. Quit complaining. And that's hard. It's hard to quit whining about something. And if you haven't figured out the theme, this is the theme of the sermon today, right? Sometimes it gets the load off of us. And if you're on the receiving end, maybe we just need to listen to somebody and then start praying. Because sometimes somebody just needs to get it off their chest, right? And if you listen and pray with them or just listen and pray for them later and have some patience. Have you ever ran out of patience with people? I tell you, there are certain people I've completely ran out of patience with. And there's certain people I've ran out of patience with in a godly way. I've gone to God and I feel comfortable with this. And I'm just flat out, I'm very honest and straightforward. I'm not rude, but I'm just straightforward. And I just tell them what I think. Sometimes it's from a pastoral standpoint, and sometimes I just go, okay, I'm, uh, don't take me as a pastor. This is how I feel as a human here. This is what I think. But I don't, you know, so you got to separate that out. But, but sometimes we got to get it off our chest. I don't know about you, but we, we all need a little more patience in our life when we become like Jesus every day. Now, have you ever complained and been right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all feel like we're right, but I mean, there's sometimes when it's been proven right, and you go, <laughs> yeah, you see that? I, I said that. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever complained and been wrong? You see, sometimes you need to go and say something, but not in a complaining way, because it's a part of an attitude. You can go and talk to someone about something without complaining. Would you rather listen to a person that comes with you with an issue, or would you rather listen to somebody that comes and just complains to you? Yeah. <laughs> so just go and say something knowing that if, if you just listen, things can be different. But sometimes we're like, if they would just listen to me, then the problem would be fixed, right? We have to check our attitude. What, sometimes what happens is when they don't do it the way we think that they should do it, we go, wow, they didn't listen to me. They're not listening to me. You know, and three thoughts I have about this. Maybe a person, when you complain, maybe they did listen to you and they didn't agree with you. What? You mean people don't agree with me on everything? Maybe we just assume that they agreed with us. And this is a hard one. I, you know, I often, uh, I've told different people at different times, just because you tell me something doesn't mean I agree with you. So you have to be careful on that. Secondly, if you say it often enough, sometimes we do this, over and over and over, people finally stop listening to us. Have you ever noticed that? Because they're tired of hearing it. Have you ever had a person that complained to you over and over and over about the same subject <laughs> over a long period of time? So then you finally leave them alone. You go to somebody else and find somebody else that will listen to you because the people you're complaining about aren't listening to you anymore. Now, sometimes we don't know the big picture. You ever had this happen to you? I've done this so many times or I've gone to somebody and said, look, you know, you need to do one, two, and three, and this will solve this situation. 
You need to be doing this and this. Why aren't you doing it? But I have no clue of the overall picture of what's going on within the company or within the situation or, or whatever it is. Because if they did one, two, and three, it would have a, an effect that I wouldn't even know about. But they know about, and rightly so, sometimes they're keeping their sh mouths shut about it. They're not explaining everything because you don't. I understand my senior pastors that I used to work for so much better now that I've been one compared to when I was an associate pastor. We've all been there and done that, so we need to think about these things. You know, Sometimes we just don't understand. We need to learn how to talk to people, and we need to learn how to go to God before we go to other people and complain. I mean, explain it to them. <laughs> we need to learn how to talk with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, how do I do this in a way that's not complaining, that can be constructive? I would much rather a person come to me and say, hey, I've come up with a solution for this issue that I think we're having, versus a person that comes and says, hey, we're having this issue, you figure it out. I mean, even within the family, even within whatever, you know, you don't always, you don't just complain, you come, figure out something. I know I said three things, but I got like seven things. So uh, number four, this is a quick one. Sometimes we need to be careful what we complain about. You know, for, for many years, my father-in-law lived with us. He didn't complain too much, but he could have. But guess what? There were things that would happen that we could not control. And getting old is one of those things, right? Either we get old or the Lord takes us home a little sooner. I'm not sure which one. But we can complain about everything. You know, I, I've said this before. I'm at that age where I don't jump out of pickups. I get down out of the back of the bed of the pickup. You know, I scoot down. I, you know, I, I'm careful. And it's hard when you have an eight-year-old, you know, that just is rambunctious. Getting old is terrible sometimes. It can be great. But if we complain about it, it becomes what? Terrible. Number five, sometimes we complain because we're, you know, around negative people all the time. And I'm going to say it plainly and succinctly. Find some new friends if this is you. If all you're around is negative people, like I said earlier, misery loves company. Maybe you grew up in a family that was like this. You gather around the table and you're just, you know, you're, you're ready to barbecue someone that night. Not eat the barbecue, but barbecue someone, you know? And I hate to say it, this is so unacceptable to the Lord. It really is. And I do the same thing. I have an older brother. Oh, I could tell you stories. I could complain. I could complain up here about him. We all have those stories, but it's an unacceptable from the Lord when we do that. We need Jesus to change our lives in this, and this is a tough one because we get into the habit of complaining all the time. And if you're that type of person, you're in the habit of complaining, you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, start working on my personality on this one because I need help. I cannot do it on my own. Now, another one, sometimes we, need to, we do need to get something off our chest and we just need to say it out loud. I'm kind of like this personality. So we can move forward, right? From the standpoint of something is really bothering me, I just need to say it out loud. Let me verbalize it a couple times. Let me get it off my chest, and then I can move on. But the issue with this one is you got to find the right person. 
oftentimes, when we're, you know, we're the personality, okay, I need to complain here. I just need to get it off my chest, so I go to one person, and I complain. Well, hey, that felt good. Let me go to another person and complain. Oh, that was great. Let me go to a third person and a fourth person and a fifth person, and you're just complaining to everybody. You're just making the same point. I've told friends before, hey, if you want to complain about this, just call me on the phone. I'll let you complain. I'll just hold the phone out, and you can complain all you want. Get it off your chest. (laughs) This is the last one. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this one. Complaining is when I come under too much pressure. I don't know about you, but when I come under pressure, I start getting all like antsy, right? And things start irritating you. Too many things are coming at you due to too many groups that have different expectations and you're, you're trying to process it all. You're trying to deal with it. And, and, you know, maybe your mom and, and the kids are always there and the kids are, you know, I mean, I, I love kids, but sometimes you're like, dude, okay, other room, right? Sorry, Brandon, you know, he's in the back over there, you know. But luckily I have a house that I can say other room, you know. Sometimes we have these expectations Maybe it's our job. Maybe you didn't get promoted. Or you got promoted in responsibility but not in pay, you know? One way you can spot is when your attitude starts going south. So when your attitude just starts changing, you get really sharp with things. How many times in the last year have you said or have you thought, man, I just feel overwhelmed right now? Think about your personality. How many times have you felt overwhelmed? So I started looking in the scriptures for for people who might have felt overwhelmed and come to find out almost everyone in the Bible at one point felt overwhelmed. They didn't all have a rosy life. See, reading the word of God shows us how they came under pressure and how they dealt with it, sometimes good, sometimes terrible. I mean, think about David. He goes out and kills a guy. And yet God still forgave him and loved him. Now, I'm not saying we should do that, okay? Don't do that. But, I mean, think about Elijah. Elijah gets overwhelmed. He runs and he hides, even though God wins in the story, in the history. And God goes and finds him and says, what are you doing? And he literally says to the Lord, Lord, I'm done. Take me home now. But God just did a miracle with them. But he gets overwhelmed. I just wish this was done because I'm overwhelmed. And we start to burn out and we start to get short with everybody. Maybe not to Elijah's point, but life can be like that. Paul says, do everything without grumbling or complaining so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine like the stars in the sky so that you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I'll be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. God wants us to shine like the stars in the heavens. 
I don't know about you, but when I go out in the nature and I look up into the heavens, I mean, I could spend my whole life in Yosemite looking at the stars. You know what I'm saying? Or going to Canada. When I go up to Canada, there's no lights around. And you sit up there, and sometimes the northern lights come out. And so, I mean, it's just an amazing thing, and you can see such, such beauty there. And that's what God wants other people to see in us. They want to go, wow, in that situation, the way they're acting, they're shining like a star. You can be a star. We've all wanted to be a star at one point, right? Here's a scripture that says you can be one. Not literally, but you understand what I'm saying. Where people just go, wow. And this is what God wants from us, to shine like those stars. And, you know, that, that when God operates in our life, and we don't complain, and we don't bicker, and we don't argue, and all those things, people look at us and they just go, wow, I, I would really be complaining in that situation if I were them. What is up with that? <laughs> and it leads to the opportunity to influence them. It leads to the opportunity to say, do you know why I'm like this? Because I hate this situation. But do you know why? In a humble way, you get to tell them about God and how God operates in your life. I don't like what's going on, but I can shine like this because God, the creator of the universe, has changed my life. He sent his son to change me, to die for me. And this is why God wants us to shine like stars in heaven, because it's about his goal. It's about his purpose. It's about his will, not ours. And when we give our lives over to Christ, we have to come to realization it is about God and not us anymore. And that is so hard, because we want to be like children, right? And as children, it's all about us. Mom and dad are there to entertain us. Mom and dad are there to provide for us. Mom and dad are there to do everything that we want to do. As children, that's how we think, little kids. And as they mature, hopefully they're not acting like that when they hit their teen years. Hopefully they're not acting like that when they hit their 20s or 30s, right? Well, God's the same way. God's like, Alan, mature a little bit. I, want, I, I have you going through this for a reason, so stop complaining about it because you can shine like a star and affect other people because other people are going to be impressed, and then you can tell them, oh, don't be impressed with me because if it was up to me, I would totally be complaining about this. But I'm not because it's God. God is doing something here, and I may understand it or I may not understand it. I'm not sure which one. Maybe God will show me. Maybe you won't. So I'm saying, don't complain, or I'm not saying don't complain because I'm tired of hearing it, okay, and, and I'm not, I mean, you guys, I'm not saying that at all, but what I am saying is that Paul says don't complain so you can shine like the stars in the universe for all to see that Christ didn't die for nothing. Because if we still act like little children, we're acting like Christ didn't die for anything good. But as we mature, as we get into the Word, as we become more like Christ in our lives, then God's plan goes into action. And it can change our life, and it can change other people's lives. Right? Amen. 
Well, today I know Tyler was, uh, he called me early this week and he just said, I don't know if I can lead worship. I don't know if I can lead worship. You know, <laughs> his voice is going out. So we're not going to end with a, uh, a song today. Uh, he, you know, he's like, I'm like, well, we, if you can find somebody, great. Uh, but if you feel like you can do it, and we appreciate everything uh, that uh, those that serve around here, we appreciate them. And that's why we took this last week off to give them, a, you know, at least one Sunday, uh, a little bit of a break. And we appreciate that from everybody. So why don't we stand and I will pray and uh, grab a donut on your way out and, um, you know, fill out a card if you would like uh, to get any information from us. Uh, we don't send out a ton of info, but it's back there. So. Uh, let us pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for, like I said earlier, for just loving us. I pray, Lord, that, that we get to a point in our life where we recognize that you're doing a work. And either I'm on board and I cooperate with that or I fight you about that, Lord. I pray that you help me with, our complaining, with my complaining. I pray that you help those in our, our church with, with the complaining issues that we have because we all like to do that, Lord. I pray that you help us uh, find that one person that we can get things off our chest and then move forward. That we just don't get stuck in the mud of, of grumbling and complaining and bickering and all those things because it just tears us apart, Lord. It doesn't do us any good. I thank you for, for your, overwhelm, uh, your overwhelming love and grace and mercy upon our life. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that that helps us reflect you and sh- that, we, that our lives, that we shine like you. We reflect your love unto this world, and people recognize that and are attracted to that. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you, and may he watch over you this week as you try not to complain. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. You guys have a wonderful week.